I'm Ali. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to Not Too Busy to Write. The podcast about writing, publishing and creativity amongst life's many other demands. This week I'm joined by Penny Batchelor. It's nice to have another Penny on the show. <laughs> um, Penny's a thriller writer. She's the author of two novels. Um, my Perfect Sister, her first, was longlisted for The Guardian's Not the Booker Prize, one of my favorite prizes. Um, her latest was released in August, I believe. Um, it's her new best friend and that's the book that we're going to be talk- discussing today. Penny's a graduate of the Faber Academy. She's also a former BBC content producer and now is a freelance journalist um, she's also the founder of Thriller Women, which is um, a fortnightly blog that publishes interviews from uh, female thriller authors. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about that a bit today as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, so Thriller Women, I'd just like to say I co-founded it with, co-founded um, it, right. yes, with a, a, a lovely author friend of mine, um, E.C. Scullion, who is Emma, but her pen name is E.C. because she writes um, international kind of um active thrillers where lots of running around the world and uh yep so she sort of has a a a neutral name to publish under it's so interesting that because i was um i was looking at thriller women and all the really fantastic authors that you're interviewing there so many of them have um neutral names or use initials um and that was just that was really interesting to me actually and is it is it usually the people who are writing in the kind of um the more action um genre that because you used your first name and yours i guess a more of domestic noir kind of feel i guess that my I, mean, I, ha- I hate people saying that when literature is for men or for women because it should be for anybody who yeah, wants of course. to read it yeah. but it is typically more women who read sort of domestic noir and psychological thrillers and things whereas what the the sort of thriller genre that uh, Emma writes in it tends to be quite a lot of men as well and I think there's a bit of a a school of thought that men might not want to read a book written by a woman which again is daft but um that's the way it goes and so she's gone under the sort of neutral EC not a Emma yeah yeah it's it is really interesting it'd be interesting to see some research on that wouldn't it to see whether it's still true today whether men really do struggle with female authors names but then i i know another female author who just wanted to be neutral because that's the way she wanted to choose it so it's a personal choice i guess but yes it, it is daft if men don't want to pick up a book written by a woman but uh they're missing out aren't they they are absolutely missing out i have to say <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about her new best friend um i read it over the summer and actually it was exactly what i needed to read over the summer it was so engaging i couldn't put it down i think i finished it in a day um <laughs> it's, the, it's the just for the listeners it's a story of audrey who is a young mum with two very young children who um, finds herself suddenly with a new best friend who is perhaps not all that she seems. Um, I, I really loved it right right from the beginning. Um, I think as a mum, I could really relate to uh, her feelings of being outside and, um, and feeling like she was being judged. But interestingly, um, I know it, it isn't become apparent until a little bit later in the book, but, um, but Audrey's disabled. And, um, and I did wonder right in the first page whether she was because of a reaction 
by another person to her in public. Um, and I really loved the way that you introduced it that way. Um, because to me, it already, it automatically flagged up that she was being judged more than mm. other women were. And was that, is that something that you wanted to um, imply right from the get go that, that Audrey's facing more than another typical, like a non-disabled mum her age would be facing? I did, uh, but what I really wanted to do was not write on the first page, Audrey is disabled, because it's just just a part of her. The book isn't about her disability, it's about um, what happens with her new best friend. But I'm disabled myself, and um, I haven't read that many books at all that have people like me in it or characters like me. So that's why in my novels, I want to make sure that um, the whole of society is represented. And um, according to the charity Scope, about one in five people, well, adults in the UK have a disability, but they're not there in fiction. So um, I'm glad that you spotted that reaction at the beginning, because I put a few little clues in, Mm, um, but it, it didn't actually come out until it was relevant in the story where she was um well you'll have to you've well, read it I, exactly and i'm not going to i'm not going to say what exactly i'm not going to say why it came out but it felt like the perfect introduction to it that's how i felt but exactly as you say it it's mentioned when it's relevant to the story um and i and i was racking my brains when i was reading it um i i've read a few stories now with autistic uh, protagonists but but so few where it's a disabled protagonist where it's not a part of the plot. Like it somehow doesn't, you know, and whereas Audrey's disability is a part of her life and it does affect her in certain ways, um, especially as you can see from the very first page, the, the judgment that she receives from people in public. But it's not, a, the story's not about that. It's not about that at all. Um, and so, yeah, so I was really pleased to see it. And also not the only disabled character in the book, which I was also really thrilled to see because that's also unusual. Have you? It is. So that's why I wanted to to put it in because it's not unusual in real life at all, but uh, it's unusual in fiction. And actually, just before um, I was logging on for this interview, I was looking at Twitter and I had a little conversation with um, an author. Well, I've not actually met her, but she was saying that she's trying to get her fiction published and um, a comment has come back uh, from publishers saying that she should put on page one that her character is disabled. She's trying to do the same thing as I am. It's yeah. just, um, they just happen to be because the, and the quote was, oh, I thought she was normal until it came out later in the uh, story. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't entirely surprise me that that's the reaction she's getting. I mean, it's, it's really sad, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, the week that you and I are sitting here recording this, the new Bond film has just come out. And I'm sure you've seen um, that, you know, the villain yet again has a facial dis- difference. Um, and and in films, just as in books, a disability is often, it's a plot point. Um, it's, often a, it's often a villain who has some kind of facial difference. Um, and what we don't ever see is just, as you say, people, disabled people living their lives and the plot involving something else in their life, not their disability. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah, you don't have to be a saint. Um, you can be a disabled villain if you want to be because um, everybody's got different personalities and what have you. And particularly with me writing thrillers, mm. if all the disabled people were wonderful and didn't have any skeletons in the closet, well, it'd be very 
boring book, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be boring and also completely unrealistic, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, I tweeted about that bomb thing as well because I've got quite a few um, scars, not on my face, but on my sort of back and my legs from childhood operations. And um, I'm glad to inform you, Penny, that that hasn't made me a psychopathic killer. So. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, especially because this conversation around Bond films has been happening for so many years and the producers know the conversations. They're confronted by this every time they release a film and yet uh, there's absolutely no movement forward. So, so um, it's so brilliant to see, you know, um, a thriller writer who's writing for a mainstream audience in, including disability as just part of life so yeah no it's 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 such a joy to see um but also I just felt as well Audrey herself oh I've related to her so much related to her so much as a mother you know she has so many struggles very early on with um with her young children and uh worrying about what people think of think of her um and her inability to connect with the people that in the area she's living in she's she's a bit more isolated now that she's not going to work and i just think so many so many people will relate to audrey um and uh, what what was it that made you want to write a story of somebody in that particular situation because it's quite a vulnerable time in a woman's life it is well I'm afraid I can't answer that because <laughs> if I did I would be giving away a plot point oh yeah the okay we do have to be careful <laughs> came to me first um and um some a couple of friends that had that sort of experience and then that made me want to that made me think of the character of Audrey and want to explore that topic um it's sort of like um Audrey's one side of me and Claire who is her new best friend yeah or the other there's a bit of me in both but I'm not either extreme so Audrey is she's quite introverted um she she's very much a homebody and she she wants to do everything that she does well she mm. can't really say well I've done it eight percent so that's good enough she wants to be um good at everything and uh, doesn't want to let her work down doesn't want to let her children down and it, it, that's sort of quite a, a big responsibility for her to bear whereas Claire is about 10 years younger I wanted to explore the age difference as well about mm, how, yeah because um, Audrey managed to get on the property ladder she's married she's she's more settled whereas um Claire's come out of the university and she's at that point in life where she's probably got no hope of ever owning her own home or anything um so I wanted to sort of um look at that difference and also Claire is um well, when you read the book, you'll see that she brings out a side of Audrey that had been sort of closed off for a while. So I just think it's really interesting exploring female friendship as well. And um, that's quite a big uh, topic in the novel. Um, again, no, I was just about to say something and I can't give that away, but uh, <laughs> we do explore Audrey's um, friendships in the book as well. It's very important for women. Um, that I think that um, when women have children, the, the children obviously become the key focus in their life, but it's also important to have 
other areas there as well, like your work and your friends, because we all need our friends and our friends are going to be there when our children have grown up and left home and everything. Yeah, that's very true. And I loved that exploration of the friendships. And yeah, I just thought that there was such a vulnerability in a way to Audrey, which was really wonderful but um and Claire as well and obviously we can't go into it too much but she's such an interesting character she's very multifaceted and and quite different than you think she's going to be as you get to know her a little bit as well but I know I really really enjoyed it very very much but so I wanted to ask you you um you are a graduate of the Faber Academy and I know a lot of listeners will be really interested to hear about your experience there but I was just wondering did you go in knowing that you wanted uh, thriller the thriller genre was your genre or um have you written other genres as well I've plotted out so many different genres I sort of fell into thriller writing it's certainly a genre that I love reading but I also like reading historical uh, fiction as well and um sort of my story is that I've um I've been writing bits and bobs all my life but I've I've sort of made that classic mistake of wanting to be a writer but never finishing anything <laughs> and I got to 40 and I thought Right, it's now or never, and I think the fear of not being able to do it well was putting me off because when you've got a dream, a lifelong mm -hmm. dream, there's that gremlin, there was that gremlin on my shoulder saying, well, if you try it and you're no good, then that's going to be crushing. But I just thought, no, come on, you're 40, you're, you're old enough to take this on the chin, and if you don't try, then you won't know. So I set myself the goal of trying to finish a novel, which is a sort of... Um, uh, bucket list thing in itself. Uh, so I applied for the Faber Academy. I looked around a lot of different courses, but Faber Academy was cheaper than a master's. Uh, it's all done online and done in the evenings as well. And it was billed as master's, but without the academic bit. So you get all the um, literary training, but you don't need to write any essays about, <laughs> about uh, the concept of writing or anything. Um, and when I applied, I had to send a first chapter to, so they could sort of see the standard of my writing. And that was actually of a Tudor historical novel that I'd started. Oh, right. I finished it yet, but you know, <laughs> in. and then you couldn't write on the course the novel that you'd sent the first chapter for. The idea was that you had to start completely from scratch. Oh, interesting. And so everybody on the on the Faber Academy starts something from scratch, from scratch. Yeah. oh that's so interesting and um and so that the next idea i had was what became um, my perfect sister so i worked on that novel and you know i got the thriller bug and then i was very fortunate that uh because of course when you've written it then ambition sets in and you want yeah. to have it published and i had lots and lots of rejections and everything but then it only takes one and uh, my lovely um indie publisher red door press said yes so that was fantastic and then then i wrote um her new best friend but uh, i'm so i'm currently working on another uh, psychological thriller but who knows i've got lots of other ideas i still want to do that tudor one i've got a couple of ideas for historical thrillers as well oh excellent also, um i challenged myself 
to try and do a rom-com because I was having a bit of a laugh with another author who writes them and was saying that I could never do it because I'd want to have somebody run over by a bus. <laughs> so I could never keep it sort of uplit all the time. So I challenged myself and I did plot one out. So I don't know whether it would come over really sarcastic when I was writing it, when I write it, but yes, I would like to do that as well. And I've got a, a YA novel plotted out. It's easy to do the, the, the plotting, but it's not so easy to actually sit down and do the 80,000 words. That's so true. But I really, I do want to ask you about this because obviously everybody approaches this in a very different way. So you are a plotter. You like to lay it all out. And do you do it in a very in fine detail or do you just do um, sort of the major plot points before you dive in and start writing? I'm sort of halfway between a plotter and a pantser. When I say I've plotted out those um, other novels, I sort of know the structure, but I don't know it chapter by chapter. Yeah. Um, and when I start writing the, the, the full length novels, I know my scenario and my inciting incident, and I have an idea where it's going, but it's not plotted out chapter by chapter. Right. And with those novels, the endings change when I've actually written it because as I've got to know my characters what I initially was going to do I thought no that's just not going to work because it's mm. it's really important that the um the plot fits the characters not the characters fitting the plot if you see what I mean oh yeah absolutely you, know, you can't have a character that you've got to know suddenly completely doing something that you think well no they never do that it's it I don't believe that it sort of takes you out of your um, sense of, of disbelief really so yeah they, they do change and so no no doubt my book three will change by the end but I haven't actually worked out who the murderer is yet <laughs> come to me <laughs> love it um have you read the book um beach read by Emily Henry an American writer I haven't no oh my goodness okay so I, just from what you said I think you should read it because um it's about two writers who are both struggling with their books and they decide to swap genres. One writes literary fiction, the other writes um, rom-coms. Oh. And they're so, um, they tease each other so badly about each other's genres, um, but they're both struggling so hard that they decide to swap genres and see how they get on and have to teach the other person the main kind of um, tropes and styles of their chosen genre. It's a really, really funny book. Highly recommend. I think from what you say, you might enjoy it. Um, but so um, I did also want to ask you about um, a little bit more about Thriller, Thriller Women. How did, how did that come about? Well, um, Emma and I are with the same publisher and both our debut novels were set to come out between about two weeks of each other and it was mm -hmm. when lockdown hit. So everything had to go online and um, we couldn't have a individually, we couldn't have a launch party or anything. So I, mine was first uh, two weeks before Emma's and then she just got in contact saying, hi, she did the Faber course as well. Oh, and nice. said, right, any tips for her doing her uh, Facebook launch? And then we just got chatting and got to be um, quite good friends. We've never actually met because she lives in Rome, but she's moving over back here next year. So we will um, finally get to meet up properly then. Uh, and then we just wanted to be both like really passionate about uh, the thriller genre. And we thought it was interesting that sort of I do the um, the psychological side and she does the more international, active, running around, chasing people sort of side. Her yeah. book's called, uh, the first one's 
intruders and the second one is evaders. So we thought, we came up with an idea, so we wanted to get ourselves sort of more known in the industry and meet other um, writers. And we just thought that there was a sort of space in the market there to um, to write a blog, to introduce both um, new writers and interview um, long-standing ones like we had Paula Hawkins on a couple of weeks ago so we were we were thrilled that she answered our questions and yeah it's 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 going really well it's a small audience but a really really um dedicated one and uh, we've got to meet so many lovely authors through it so that's that's, that's brilliant so definitely anyone out there interested in reading and writing thrillers um do check it out it is really comprehensive there's some really fantastic authors on there and also plenty that i've never heard of before which is great (laughs) that's exactly what we wanted to do right introduce us to new authors um, well, thank you so much for um, coming and chatting to me about um, about your work. It's so lovely to chat, chat to you. Um, uh, Ali and I always end the episode with, with talking about a book that we've read recently that we've really, really enjoyed. Um, do you want to take it away and let us know if you've been reading something? Well, I had a week off last week. I went on holiday to Jersey. So I actually had some time to read for pleasure, which was amazing I, that that's one thing when you're an author you you feel like you should be writing all the time so it's uh it's, it's, it's quite hard to actually make time for just nice reading but i did get a chance to read a book that's coming out in i think it's january it's called her perfect twin by uh, a debut writer sarah bonner and it's a psychological thriller it's all about uh yes yeah, so it's, it's a pair of twins one of them is pretty nasty and right near the beginning uh her twin kills her <laughs> and oh, wow. the twin decides to try and take over her life whilst leading her own as well but um well yes there are lots of consequences and lots of twists and red herrings and it's really good i loved it oh, i love reading writing and reading about women who sort of don't behave as you would uh, as women are expected to do so that's certainly the case in in that uh, character oh excellent so that's out in january i'll make sure that that goes in the show notes as well um and i've been i've been reading a lot recently i'm just trying to think the latest thing i've been reading actually is um a collection of short stories by um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, which I can't believe I hadn't read before. It's called, um, the collection's called The Thing Around Your Neck. And I, yeah, I don't think I even realised she had a short story collection and it is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, So many wonderful stories, particularly about families and about displacement and about, um, yeah, that just... Um, immigration and being um, out of place and they were just so wonderful I think there's 12 stories in there and um, yeah I just it just reminded me how incredible short stories are Um, and it's almost like sometimes I forget and I need to I need to just be reminded of how brilliant they are again so I think I'm going to go on a bit of a short story bent now um, thanks to that collection. Oh that's Um, great and also when you haven't got a great deal of time to read one story you know before sleep that's perfect isn't it it's so good it's so good and I really it's something I really would really recommend to anyone who is struggling perhaps 
um, with the amount of time they have to read or the amount of headspace they've got because you don't need to keep all the characters and the plot in your mind because it's only quite short. So you can just read one, finish it, and the next day when you read, it's just like completely new characters so you don't have to remember exactly what's happening. So I love that for people who can't, um, you know, sort of read every single day, for instance, and have gaps in between their reading, short stories are amazing. So I think I'm going to go on a bit of a short story vendor after this <laughs> because it was so good. Um, well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. And um, so if people wanted to be in touch, where's the best place that they can find you on the internet? Well, I've got my website, which is pennybachelor.co.uk. And on there, there's links to all my social media. And um, there's also a contact form is if you are going to read my book in a book club or something, then I can arrange to come and join you by Zoom. So do get in touch if you'd like to do that um, or have a chat with me on Twitter. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Not Too Busy to Write with Ali Miller and Penny Winsor. You can find show notes, including the best ways to get in touch with us, as well as any reading recommendations mentioned in the episode at nottoobusytowrite.com. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe. And please go ahead and leave us a little review. It really helps others to find the podcast. You can find Ali on Instagram at Ali underscore Miller underscore writes and Penny at Penny Windsor. Music and editing is by Ewan Miller McMeekin. 